0: Alhamdulillah Rabbil رب Salat والصلاة والسلام ala Rasulihi Sayyidina محمد wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa azwajihi فضل dur riyatihi. أولاد Babu fadlama mata lahu auladun the chapter regarding what the benefit is in somebody whose small children died. This is a very awkward sounding title because one might think that there's no nothing happy or nothing good about small children dying. In fact, this is a common objection that atheists have: that if God exists, how can He let small children die? And first of all, that's a logical fallacy because the existence of Allah Taala has nothing to do with whether you uh, approve or disapprove of things He does, or whether you think that what He does is good or not. That has nothing. It's nothing. That question has no uh, relation to whether He exists or not. But the fact of the matter is, is that. Allah Ta'ala, every decision of His is steeped in hikmah, and it is His choice that whoever has Iman and whoever has faith, uh, for that person, everything that Allah Ta'ala does, there's some good that will come out of it for them. So, this is the chapter about the virtue of the one whose small children died. And Sayyidina Anas and ibn Malikin radiallahu ta'ala anhu qala qala الله sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, أما من مسلمٍ يموتُ لَهُ ثَلَاثَةٍ لم الحنث إلا أدخله الله الجنة بفضل رحمته متفق عليه. so the hadith is uh, 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 the hadith is something that people should remember they should be aware of where to find it so that when these things happen and they do happen. Uh, you know what to say to a person uh, in, order to, in order to give them some sort of condolence. And uh, you know, people are in a very distraught state at that time. Maybe you say to them and it doesn't stop them from crying. You don't have to badger them or browbeat them afterward. But the, the, the fact of the matter is what? The fact of the matter is, is that these are, these are things that will ultimately uh, uh, you know, help people make sense of things that happen that oftentimes people can't make sense of. Making sense of things is really important because the human psyche uh, can deal with a lot of stress if it knows why. And if it doesn't know why, even small things, small things can make a person lose their mind. Um, and people say the most awkward and stupid things when, when, when tragedy happens to another person. And all they do, despite their intention, all they do is end up making things worse. So it's important to you know, remember these ahadith and to remind each other about them. Uh, when, uh, when when these types of tragedies do happen, and they do happen. And they're tragedies to us in this world, and in the hereafter, we'll see what the reality is of them. Sayyidina Anas bin Malik ta'ala anhu narrates that the Rasul sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, uh, there's no Muslim uh, uh, that, uh, uh, that, that loses three children before they reach the age of puberty, except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will enter that person into Jannah. Sheer. Only out of out of his uh, 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 out of his uh, mercy for them, only out of their his mercy for them that that person I mean there 's some difference of opinion with regards to what the what the refers back to, but the point is is that the, the mercy that 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 parent had for their children that itself is an act of piety that 's sufficient that it will help those uh, children enter into jannah and uh, uh, and the, sorry not the children, the children are sinless as it is. It will help the, uh, 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 the parents enter into Jannah. And there's a dis- discussion actually about whether the children automatically go to Jannah or whether they're judged or whether they follow the of what their parents are, etc. Generally speaking, we teach people that children who die before they, uh, before they reach the age of maturity, that, that they're not taken into account and they're not punished. Um, but the reality is there's a number of different opinions of the ulama, but the most the most correct opinion according to the to the fuqaha and the mutakallimun is that they, they do go to jannah they're not judged uh wa abi huraira radiyallahu ta'ala anhu qala qala rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam la yamutu li ahadin min al muslimin thalathatu min al waladi uh la tamassuhu an naru illa tahallat tahallat al qasam uh muttafaqun alayhi tahallat al qasam qala ta'ala wa imminkum illa duha. وَالْوُرُودُ هُوَ الْعُبُورُ عَلَى السِّرَاطِ وَهَذَا جِسْرٌ مَنْصُوبٌ عَلَىٰ ظَهْرِ جَهَنَّمَا عَفَانَ اللَّهُ مِنْهَا أمين. So Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he narrates that the pro- the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, uh, no one will have three children uh, 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 from the Muslims that die uh, um, except for the fire will not touch that person except for fulfilling the, 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 the oath of Allah Ta'ala. And Nawawi Rahimahullah Ta'ala, he says that uh, the oath of Allah Ta'ala is mentioned in Surah, Surah Maryam, There's not one of you except for you will you'll come to it. And the, 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 the pronoun it refers to the hellfire. And the tafsir of that verse is what is that there's a sirat which is a bridge over uh, bridge from the place of judgment to the to Jannah, uh, and that bridge passes over the Hellfire. And uh, the tafsir of this word, verse or these words of Allah Taala, illa riduha means that everyone has to cross over that sirat, and. Uh, it's as, it's as if they, they come to Jahannam or come close enough to it that, 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 that uh, they, you know, they experience some of its f- fear. Uh, and it's very interesting that you know, it comes in the Sunnah, of the Prophet wasallam, that the Salat, Sirat, that's a bridge from the place of the Day of Judgment to where? Jannah. It's a bridge from the place of the Judgment to the place of what? Jannah. And that bridge underneath it is what? Jahannam, okay? And that bridge is called the Sirat. So a person will cross that Sirat and they will they will be able to uh, see or hear or feel something that Jahannam is very close by. So Allah Ta'ala said, every one of us will see it. But that's also part of the, the, the reward of Allah Ta'ala for the people who are righteous in this world. That the one who was... The, the highest rank of people will cross the Sirach like lightning, like literally the, in, the, in the flashing of an eye, at the speed of light, which is the fastest thing in, in, in the material world that we know of, at least over long distances. And uh, there are some people who cross like the wind, meaning they'll fly over it. It's not as fast as lightning, but it's pretty fast. And then some people will cross running, walking. Some people will have to cross crawling. And some people will fall into the hellfire from it. So... The hadith coming back to the hadith that if a person has three children that die, uh, uh, um, kids that don't don't live to 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 their full age, um that person the fire the fire uh, is not going to touch him except for what, except for the qasam, that Allah Taala's oath should be fulfilled that there's none of you except for you'll pass by it, right? Except for you'll come by it. Which is what, which is the tafsir that is crossing over the sirat. And this is what they call in Arabic grammar, istithna ghir muttassil. So for example, uh, uh, the person who crosses over Jahannam, are they actually going to go into Jahannam? No. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, it says that indeed uh, there's nobody who, will, except for that person, will, will, will come to it. Um, the exception is not, it's, the ex- exception is not part of the rule. So uh, uh, you'll pass by it. You're not going to... Sorry, the exception is part of the rule. So uh, there's none of you except for you will pass by it. Here the exception encompasses everybody. So it's not غير متصل, I apologize. Rather it's a, a, um, it's a complete exception. There's no there's no one who's an exception to the exception. So it's essentially a rule that's stated as the exception. But one of the reasons that they do that in Arabic uh, uh, or really in any other language is sometimes when you have a statement that's meant to um, be uh, listened to and profound, then you artificially puff it up and put more words into it. More words into it. And so this is the way that in Arabic certain sentences are weighted one way or the other in order to convey emphasis. That like, you know, you listen to what, what's being said. Everybody will, will pass will pass by it. And so uh, the the al qasam is that what Allah swore that everybody would pass, you know, come to it. Uh, uh, and so except for that amount of making the word of Allah Ta'ala come true that person will never they're not going to fall into it nor are they going to go to Jahannam and this is uh, um, you know people who people who have this objection that like why does God let baby dies, babies die this not only explains why it also explains why it's good for the baby and why it's good for the person and the question has nothing to do with whether God exists in the first place or not, anyway. said in سَعِيدٍ Al-Khudri And obviously someone whose child dies, that's not going to take the pain away from them, but it will let them understand there's a reason for it. And when a person knows why they're suffering, they can take a lot and, and still you know, survive without being damaged mentally. Uh, if they don't know why they're suffering, then even small things will break a person's mind. said in سَعِيدٍ Al-Khudri رضي الله تعالى عنه جاءت امراة الى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فقالت يا رسول الله ذهب الرجال بحديثك فاجعل لنا من نفسك يوما ناتيك فيه تعلمنا مما علمك الله قال اجتمعنا يوم كذا وكذا فجتمعنا فاجتمعنا عفوا فاتاهن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فعلمهن مما علمه الله ثم قال ما من كن من امرأة تقدم من الولد إلا كانوا لها حجابا من النار فقالت امرأة قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم متفق عليه BOTH BY BUKHARI AND MUSLIM FROM Sayyidina ABU SAID AL KHUDRI رضي الله anhu that uh, a woman came to the Messenger of Allah الله and she said O Messenger of Allah the men have the men have like left with all of your speech. I mean, it's an expression meaning they get to hear all the time, we don't get to hear all the time. The men have left with your speech. Uh, so give us from your own uh, time a day that we can come and you can teach us from those things that Allah has taught you. So they asked Rasulullah sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam for a, a, special, a special separate dars. And this is something actually that many of our mashaykh used to do as well. Mawlana Ashraf ali tanwi rahimullah ta'ala uh, uh, it, it's well known that he used to uh, Pay attention to the letters that, that were written by the sisters And he used to answer them And he actually wrote a book There's a book of Hanafi Fiqh uh, Behishti uh, uh, Zevar Many people like when they read the, the translation They're like, it's a really weird book But it has to do with a lot of like issues that happened Back in the, in those times in, in those places So, you know, uh, um, fiqh, the fiqh of being in a village, it gets really weird sometimes. But at any rate, you know, uh, uh, immature people, they read like fiqh and they snicker at it. But I mean, those things, they used to happen, so he answered all those questions. in the, And the book was written for women, but it was written so well that, you know, now even students of knowledge read it because you'll find all sorts of, uh, uh, of fiqh issues in it that, that you won't find in other places in writing. But at any rate, uh, uh, you know, um, he used to, he used to, that, that was his way of doing things. And he would ask the... And the thing is, it's not like, you know, this is, okay, class, That now like, you know, some dude who has, uh, you know, ijazah to like, you know, DM all the sisters and say, oh yeah, I'm taking care of their deen or whatever, uh, that doesn't even know what what he's talking about, or that does know what he's talking about because those people are not immune to these things either, right? Rather, Hazrat taala, he used to make the... or he used to ask that the husband sign the seal of the letter as well. So that he bear witness that whatever is in it, he knows what's in it. So he cannot turn around and blame, blame the sheikh afterward. And so there are many khalafah the, the Tanuri Silsa even in, in, in this city. There's a handful of them, right? Like Mufti Nawal, Moana, Aziz, these people. They still maintain the Shaykh's, uh, uh, the Shaykh's Sunnah. They have separate durus for the ladies. And the way it is that you see like there's the partition here right now. They'll ha- the ladies will be in the room and there will be an, uh, another entrance, a separate entrance. And right in front of it there's a partition. And they'll sit in, sit behind the partition They'll give bayan of uh, those issues that are relevant to the the, the, the the ladies with emphasis to those issues that are relevant to the ladies. They already have access to the recordings of the other bands or are access to the other bands just from the ladies' section anyway. But he'll, he, they'll give bayans that are relevant to those issues that the ladies have and then they'll sit and they'll take questions. The, the sisters will write questions and give them to the, the sheikh and the sheikh will answer those questions as well in those majalis where uh, the sisters may not... Have an opportunity or may not feel comfortable asking those questions in public, or those questions are not suitable to be asked in front of men in the first place. Uh, and so, uh, I don't want people to get the impression that uh, you know that the, uh, the 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 you know somehow that the uh, uh, traditional ulama are uh, misogynistic, or uh, that 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 you know with time they've you know their practices ossified into some way that's misogynistic or doesn't take into account what the needs of the sisters are or whatever. This is nonsense. Certain individuals people interact with may be that way, but this is not how our mashayikh used to teach. And this is something I tell people again and again. The ulama from the Muslim world in America are the B team. They're the C team. Why? Because all of the fuqaha, they don't look well on immigrating to uh, Darul Kufr. Because if you have half of a brain, you're like, okay, yeah, go move over there. Your kids will be like, you know, uh, your kids from the age of kindergarten, all the kids will be eating pork around them, so they have to become like halal advocates, like uh, uh, you know, level of 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 uh, of uh, whatever aware of halal things. And you're gonna have Halloween and Christmas, and the kids are not gonna be able to celebrate it, and you know, but your kids are gonna be like, you know, why can't I celebrate Christmas? And you're gonna, you know, you then your sons and your daughters when they get into high school, this is gonna happen and that's gonna happen and. They're like, yeah, it doesn't sound like a good idea, right? So very few of the actual, like, the top tier of the ulama that we have back home will, would ever consider even visiting here, much less uh, 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 much less coming here. In fact, I would say out of the ulama from back home, the ones from the Indian subcontinent, probably because of the influence of, like, league and things like that, they're the ones that came in the greatest numbers, someone who's actually studied it. There are some, some uh, nationalities. They have many ulama back home. You'll find almost none, maybe not even one of them, uh, over here, because they all refuse to 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 leave Darul Islam, uh, which you know, from our point of view, you're like, well, that's real close-minded. From their point of view, it makes a lot of sense. So uh, 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 you know, people may have these kind of ideas in their head that, like, you know, the, the people back home have some irrelevant, outdated Islam, and uh, we have to pave like a new way forward, and that means wholesale like embracing uh, norms that are contrary to the Sharia, or at, at any rate, imperil people. In the realm of da'wah, I can understand that. In da'wah, when you're working with people whose iman is weak or don't have iman at all, then you're trying to take them, take to them the beliefs of Islam. You're not trying to take to them the rules and laws of Islam. You're trying to teach them the Akhidah of Islam, not the Sharia. You don't make da'wah based on the Sharia, you make da'wah based on the Aqai. But then once you're in the, in the realm of like you know dealing with the Muslim community, people who pray and generally, you know, they believe in the book of Allah Ta'ala, they believe in the Prophet then uh, massaging rules and things like that—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's a little—it's a bit more problematic. So our mashayek—they had ways of dealing with these these issues that both took care of the needs of the people and—and and the reason I mentioned this, I met a, I met a gentleman yesterday, undoubtedly a very uh, uh, a very well-intentioned person, but uh, you know he runs some sort of like Islamic studies program at a university, and he kind of in, very snidely like slid in there that like yeah we teach our students to serve the Muslim community, you know, be, by being relevant to the youth and, like, dealing productively with women in a way that they don't teach back home. And I'm like, yeah, like, there's no women back home. Like, Muslim civilization didn't survive until you moved to America and, like, mashallah, like, opened a Facebook account. Uh, I, I just, uh, anyway, that, so this, this, this is why I'm a little bit getting it off off of my chest as well. But this is this is the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam, right? We can't then, on the flip side, become you know, so like, Jamid, that, oh, women are evil, and I'm gonna stay away from, No, your mother was a woman, your wife is, your daughters are women, you you can't just do that, you can't just abandon them either, uh, out of your, out of your taqwa or whatever, where are you going? Thank you. Sit down, don't worry about the door. That was my, for those at home, that was, that was my daughter. A little bit more strict with her than the other students. Right, Aisha? (laughs) She's smiling right now. Um, the, the idea is what? Is that, that, that you know one extremism is completely shut people out, uh, shut the women out, and shut the sisters out. Nobody said that women are evil. If a person lowers his gaze, does he lower his gaze because the women are evil or because of the, the, the evil inside of his own heart? Let's look at what the Qur'an have to say. Uh, say that Yusuf salam is locked inside of the room by the wife of the Aziz. And she says, hey, Talak, you know, come here, big boy. Right? What does he what, what what does he say later on? Wala ubari nafsi. Right? I don't I don't uh, uh, I don't uh, uh, leave my own nafs without blame. He didn't say it's okay, you know, you messed up, it's okay, it happens, you know. He says no, wala ubari nafsi. That that uh, that my nafs is not without blame, even though quite literally his nafs was without blame. So that's why that's why we do those things. If you start to think the other, if a man lowers his gaze to because he thinks the woman is evil or he lowers his gaze or she lowers her gaze because she thinks a man is evil or because you know people lower their gaze from the dunya, lowering your gaze is not only something that has to do with gender and things like that, right? You should lower your gaze when looking at the dunya of other people. If you see like the car of your neighbor and you're like, oh, I should have that or whatever or like, you know, you, you start to like, it drags your mind into like, uh, covetousness, right? It's harm to covet the property of another person, right? Uh, so lower your gaze, avert your gaze, don't look at it if it's a fitna for you. You know, sometimes people have nice stuff, right? What are you going to do? Just look at something else. Uh, uh, but you don't do it, why? Because it's that person's evil for having that thing or the thing itself is evil. The thing is a thing. It's not good or evil, it's just stuff, right? Uh, um, uh, when you lower your gaze, you do so out of fear of your own nafs, not because you have any bad opinion about uh, uh, about another person, uh, uh, even though some people are sketchy But leave it between them and Allah That's not your judgment to make. Um, so the moderation is what? Is to still like have concern and care for other people We don't want to have a society that's so bad That like a woman in hijab has like a flat tire In the middle of winter And like the Muslim brothers are passing by Astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, allah, And they're driving by and like, you know, whatever, uh, you know, so it's like the super taqwa crew, you know, and like 80 an year old, like auntie in hijab is like standing there. And while, while super taqwa like drives by and like, she's like f- freezing and she's going to become sick or, you know, then whatever, like the, you know, the, the, the local people from whatever other church or temple or whatever that we expect them to stop and help her or that she has to die. And that's, that's ridiculous. That's utterly and totally and completely ridiculous. Uh, And, and, uh, uh, you know, um, again, some people, their mindset is such that they're going to take the flag and make a touchdown And use it as an excuse to do all sorts of things that are, on the other side, ridiculous Uh, uh, But, you know, whoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave some sense to They should be able to differentiate, uh, uh, you know, when they're trying to make conversation and impress people And when they actually are interacting for some sort of genuine sharia or even dunya countenance benefit so, uh, this, this, this Sahabiyah, may Allah Ta'ala be pleased with her. She came to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And uh, uh, she said that the, the men, they get to hear everything you have to say. And, uh, uh, you know, it's like they, they ran away with the prize. And we don't get to hear uh, what you have to say. And so she asked Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, politely but forthrightly, which is... Uh, uh, um, politely but forthrightly uh uh which is the, the the sunnah of a student of knowledge that you should you you know you should be shy about you know have haya about like whatever you know like you shouldn't take 100 pictures of yourself and post them on facebook or whatever brothers and sisters okay you shouldn't take 100 pictures of yourself and post them on facebook the reason we the reason culturally i think that we focus on sisters more is because people will look brothers you're just fooling yourself no one's going to look at you right uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the men have become so much like women. Uh, the, the idea is this, is that that, that, that in ilm, in studying knowledge, uh, haya is, excessive amount of haya is, is actually a bad thing, it's blameworthy. So she came and she made a forthright request. And this is a hadith of the Prophet in which he he, uh, um, he praised the women of the Ansar Because they're forthright in asking questions. They used to do things that, like, you know, whatever. As, you know, nowadays we would find very awkward. Which is what? They would send the khursuf. The woman would have menses. And so she would send the the cloth with the blood of the menses, or the the, the residue uh, from it, to Rasulullah ﷺ to ask him, is the menses over or not? Because uh, the discharge, you know, keeps going and then at some point, the discharge is, is like the color of blood or like brown, and then it, beca- you know, it lightens, lightens, lightens until it's just a little bit murky or yellow. And then at some point, uh, um, uh, 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 you know, it becomes clear or it becomes white uh, uh, for, for those women who have discharge even when the menses is not done. And when it's clear or it's white, then the menses is over. So they wanted to see, is it over yet or not? Because in the middle, it, beca- it lightens up quite a bit until it's almost to that point. So Rasulullah sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he would take the boxes that they would send with that, and he would give them to Sayyidina Aisha Radhiyallahu anha, and she would answer those questions for them. Which is what, it's also an Isharah that, you know, some of these questions, they're more aptly answered by sisters. If they can't, and the only person who can answer some of these questions are men, then uh, uh, that's fine as well. But uh, what did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa say? gross. Don't do that. What, you have no adab? What's wrong with you? Who, you know, I'm going to tell your father. No, she didn't he didn't say any of those things. Right? Rather he praised the women of the Ansar that when it comes to learning their deen, nothing nothing holds them back. Nothing they're not going to their shyness is not going to hold them back. It's not like those you know, those women are 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 like uh, like people nowadays. People nowadays have no haya. We don't even know what the word haya means. It's not a virtue, right? For a person to to have a little bit of hesitation to like just be out there in front of everybody. We're the ones that we post pictures of ourselves doing the stupidest of things in front of everybody, hoping that more people see it rather than less. Those women had haya, but they didn't let the haya that they have interfere with their learning the deen. And uh, indeed, Hafiz bin Hajar actually says that the woman who asked this question from Rasulullah was one of the women of the Ansar. May Allah ta'ala be pleased with them. So, uh, 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 so she said, give us a special day with, with yourself, uh, that you can teach us, in which you can teach us from that which Allah Ta'ala has taught you. And so the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you know, he didn't say like, Allah, you know, whatever, just go learn from your husbands. things. He didn't say that. Uh, he said what? He says, gather on such and such day. Gather on such and such day. And uh, uh, they gathered on that day. And Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam came to them. And there's actually a number of hadith, by the way, in which it's recorded that there was a special majlis for the women. So he gathered on such and such day uh, 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 with them and the Prophet ﷺ came to them and he taught them from that which Allah Ta'ala taught him. And then he said to them, one of the things that, that Sayyidina Abu Sa'id al-Khudri narrates, that one of the things that he said to them is what? He said to them that there's no woman amongst you for whom three children will die before they, uh, 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 before they uh, uh, um before, before they, they become adults. Three children die. Um, except for the, the death of those children will become a hijab between you and the fire. Hijab means what? It completely blocks, it's a complete separation between, what? Between the, that person and the fire. Uh, 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 and so a woman said, what about someone uh, you know for whom two children died? And the messenger of Allah said, and two children as well. Uh, and uh, you know this. Is, I mean, subhanallah. This hadith. Imagine Rasulullah sallallahu said, "What? Three children." This means this was a common thing. I mean, it used to happen. Now it's very rare for some a family to lose even a child, and people become extremely distraught. Can you imagine? And it's. I, I'm not. I'm not talking down to anybody. Uh, in fact, this is a, an experience I've had myself. Alhamdulillah I haven't lost any children. Uh, 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 but, uh, 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 you know, it's an experience I've had that, despite talking a real tough game, mashallah, I have a, I, I've made a career for myself and a reputation for myself amongst my peers that I talk a very tough game. Small setbacks happen and I feel really like, I feel distraught. I feel like giving up. You, you know what I mean? Something happens, you get sick, you've been working on something, you know, some project, you know, people, you know, whatever. People have all sorts of setbacks Marriages These types of things Right You have some sort of setback And you just feel like giving up You feel so distraught Like you feel like giving up I don't want to go Go on anymore You stop eating food You stop talking to people You stop You know Whatever Saying your You stop saying You know You stop You know Helping other people You're all of a sudden In a stoic mood And you think you're being like You know I've, I've become an old man You haven't become an old man yet You know You haven't become an old person yet You just, you just Retreat into that shell Being a shell of a person Why? because human being you invest so much effort into something and then you see like a loss happen um, then it's real hard to go on you know because you wonder what's the point this happened to me it, it, it might happen to me again and if that's the case why even go on right now um, but look at the look at the Sahaba they suffered such hard setbacks and they still had they, they still had like courage to go on and Look at the generations of Muslims. One of the things that like people born and raised here, um, uh, you know, they like make fun of. They make fun of like the generation that immigrated, voters or people from back home. They have all these kind of weird uh, names that they call them and things like that. I would say, I would say, even African American community, right? People come to the city. You in Chicago, you in Detroit, you in New York, become very sophisticated, right? But maybe your parents or grandparents or some cousins of yours live back in Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana. You know what I mean? And, you know, you don't, you know, don't want to be associated with those people when you come here. You don't want to look like them. You don't want to talk like them. The, you know, they lose their, their, that, their draw from back, back home really quickly and stuff. You want to be like a sophisticated person or whatever, right? Wallahi, well, those people from back home, those people for whether it's Pakistani or Mississippi or whatever, right? Those people have born such soul-crushing, heart-crushing difficulties in their lives. The fact that they even wake up and get out of bed and try it uh, after going through some of the things that they've been through is a testament to the superiority of what they have over what we have. And uh, 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 look at these questions, right? These are, these are women. It's not like, a, like some uncle is asking, you know, because you, you're a man tough, to suck it up, go back to work, whatever, right? Uh, uh, you, you know, you you have it in you to do that And if you don't, you're not a successful man in society anyway you have, You're probably going to have other problems But for a mother, she's asking Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He said that he gave this uh, 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 bishara and glad tidings to the women That if you went through, you lost three children right, That there will be a hijab between you and the na'ar You won't, you, they, they will protect you from going to the fire And a woman asked Rasulullah sallallahu What if what if someone lost two children I mean, no one's going to randomly ask that question it's a woman who lost two children probably and she's like what about a person that lost two children as well Rasulullah said, said two this is a motif in the hadith of the Prophet it happens a lot where Rasulullah s.a.w. will ask like, if three of whatever happens then you'll get Jannah or you'll be protected from the fire or this will happen, that'll happen and always someone asks what about two and almost always uh, 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 yeah, two as well and in many of them the, then the narrator will say we wanted to ask about one but we didn't meaning what if they had asked about one probably they had a feeling rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam would have said one as well but they just didn't want to push it you know because out of hurma of the thing or out of respect right this is that a person's being saved from the fire they didn't want to cheapen it by 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 making you know making the price lower but the idea is that it's going to be uh, one as well and this is a, 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 you know, it's a glad tiding to, to, you know, those people and especially those mothers who have gone, gone through a, 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 um, a tragedy like this, that don't, don't give up, you know, go on, you're not a failure. as Oftentimes mothers will blame themselves for these things or worse than that, um, uh, uh, other relatives or in-laws or whatever will blame them for, for these things, even though they're completely out of their control. Or like someone has a child that's born with a disability or a sickness or whatever and they'll pass comments like, Oh, that's strange, none of the other children in the extended family have that, you know, illness or genetic Astaghfirullah, man, just shut up. You know, just don't don't say anything. You know. Some people if they just keep their mouth shut inshallah they'll go to Jannah. Uh, uh, um but, you know, that's their service to the community, is just just staying quiet. Uh, but, you know, look at that that, that, that She asked even, even two children, Ya Rasulullah And he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Even two um, And if Rasulullah Sallallahu You know, from his sunnah is to give hope to people like that You know, if, uh, you know, whatever Setback happens, or, you know, whatever You applied to university, you didn't, you didn't get in Or whatever, some girl didn't marry you Or something like that, you know, you'd get over it, inshallah and Suck it up and, and keep going, inshallah There's khair and everything babel i mean this is a this is a rational analogy right if something as horrible as a child dying to a mother which is a situation in which you cannot see any good in at all there's still some good in it then other situations there's some good in it as well babel bukai wal khauf wal mururi bi qubur wa وَإِظْهَارِ الْإِفْتِقَارِ إِلَى اللَّهِ تَعَالَى وَالتَّحْذِيرِ مِنَ الْغَفْلَةِ عَنْ ذَلِكَ This is the chapter regarding crying, uh, 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 crying because of death and fearing uh, Allah Ta'ala when passing by the graves of the people of vuln, the people of transgression. Uh, and when passing by their 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 the the resting away of their souls, meaning their death, uh, and uh, 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 showing one's poverty to Allah Most High, and uh, uh, and warning a person, cautioning others uh, about uh, uh, about being heedless of of that, being heedless of showing one's fakar, one's one's poverty in front of Allah Taala, and this is something that uh, I talked about the the other day. Uh, yesterday in Detroit we had the the modernism seminar. And it's really interesting that you know materialism materialism which is basically like the the basic akida. Tawheed is the aqidah of, of deen Materialism is the aqidah of like whatever modernity. And uh, you know people literally if you trace back the things they say and the things that they do to their logical conclusions they worship the material world. Uh, that's their god for them. Whereas our God is Allah Ta'ala, There's nothing in the material world that re- resembles Him at all. It's a complete polar opposite of that. And uh, it's very interesting how Rasulullah preferred poverty over wealth, even though it's not haram to have wealth. There are Anbiya ﷺ that had great wealth. Sayyidina Dawud, Sayyidina Sulaiman ﷺ, they had great wealth. Uh, uh, and Rasulullah pres- preferred poverty what? Because he's sticking it, it's like it's like the, you know how he entered into the Kaaba and broke the idols of the mushrikeen? He's he's like sticking it to the materialists like to the max. Because they worship money, they worship the dunya, they worship stuff. And Rasulullah sallallahu said, "I worship Allah. I don't need your money and your stuff. Take it away from me." Uh, and it's interesting how in our in our uh, 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 civilization, the word faqir, it, its primary meaning is a poor person, but it also means the the the, Ahlullah and the the people of Dhikr. so if you say the fuqara are going to meet in such and such place it means the zakati the people of the people of Dhikr. that's a that's a proper usage of that word i mean from context you should know what it means right it could also mean like yeah, no, they all broke and they, you know whatever they're meeting at such and such place but also in a certain context when you have it use it in the context especially of the, of deen and of tasawwuf and things like that they'll say the fuqara uh, 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 you know are meeting in such and such place and uh, you know many of the ulama and mashayikh they sign their names al faqiru ilallah or al faqir fulan ibn fulan the the, the 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 poor one and many of them are ironically wealthy people why because the poverty that's the, the poverty that's that's there in dhikr and the poverty that's there in ilm is manifesting your need to allah ta'ala because poverty is not having a lo- having little amount of stuff poverty is being in need so if you need a billion and a half dollars, then a billionaire is even poor. And wealth is not having a lot of stuff. Wealth is being free of need from others, even if you have nothing. So, uh, 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 you know, showing your, your fakar and your, your poverty in front of Allah Ta'ala is, is, is a form of worship to Him, and it's, it's very important. Uh, uh, just like it's bad, it's against the sunnah to show your poverty to other people. And, and tell them unless you have a, a dire need to do so, you know, uh, you're going to starve or something like that. Uh, um, it's bad to show your poverty to other people. Why? Because you don't worship them. You should show your wealth in front of other people. You should Uh uh, 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 uh to, to the creation just like that. You should show your poverty to Allah Ta'ala even if you have a lot of money. Uh, uh, وَعَنْ رَضِيَ اللَّهِ عَنْهُمَا أن رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وسلم قَالَ لِأَصْحَابِهِ يَعْنِي لَمَّا وصلوا الحجرة ديار ثمود لا تدخلوا على هؤلاء المذنبين إلا أن تكونوا باكين فإن تكونوا باكين فلا تدخلوا عليهم لا يصيبهم ما أصابهم متفق عليه وفي رواية لما مر رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بالحجر قال لا تدخلوا مساكن الذين ظلموا أنفسهم إن يصيبكم مَا أَصَابَهُمْ إِلَّا أَن تَكُونُوا بَاكِينَ ثُمَّ قَنَّعَ رَأْسَهُ وَأَسْرَعَ السَّيْرَةَ حَتَّى أَجَّازَ الْوَعْدِ أَجَّازَ الْوَعْدِ مُتَّفَقٌ عَلَيْهِ So, uh, سيدنا عبد الله بن عمر رضي الله تعالى عنهما uh, he narrates that the messenger of allah said to his companions uh, when they arrived at hijr uh, which is the 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 place of the place that was inhabited by thamud the people who are mentioned in the quran as uh so many times as a, uh, a, 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 a an example of of god's disobedience and his punishment he said don't enter on these. Uh, don't enter upon these sinners, uh, except for in a state of weeping, because their houses were made out of stone, right? They're the same like they're the same types of houses. Uh, uh, um, like Petra, has anyone seen like the 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 stone hewn houses out of the mountainsides in Petra that the Nabateans made? The older the older uh, ruins than Petra, and that's where they learned them from, because the Nabateans are not Arabs. They learned it from the Arabs in the peninsula. The original civilization is the, the civilization of Thamud. And this is something Dr. Omar, he mentions all the time. He says that um, they say that the oldest written, written language is the Phoenician script. And he says that's not true. It's something called the Thamudic script, which is older than that. And it comes from inside the Arabian peninsula. Why, why do historians not want to admit that fact? Or why, why do they have a bias or a dis, dislike for that fact? Why? Because it corroborates it corroborates the Muslim worldview that the Arabian Peninsula is the center of the world. It is where civilization came from. With all due respect, you know, the out of Africa theory, right, is what? Which part of Africa did everyone come from? The part of like Somalia that's the closest to Yemen. So who knows did they come from, that side or from this side? Why do people theorize they came from Africa? Is because Africa is an inhabitable place whereas the Arabian Peninsula is very desolate and barren. Well, guess what? Yemen is not desolate and barren, first of all. And the second thing is that what? You're looking at a time so long ago that that area was all lush and full of life. And, you know, if it wasn't, you wouldn't be able to drive a car right now. Why? Because all of those whatever uh, jungles and biological matter from animals and plants and from whatever else, that's what what makes all the the, the petroleum and the gas that people are pumping in their cars. Um, Obviously, petroleum comes from other places than the Arabian Peninsula as well. But, you know, it's a significant amount of the the proportion of it in the world. But you can't say that. Otherwise, all of a sudden, the Kaaba, it becomes very, very uh, uh, possible that the Kaaba is the first masjid that's built on earth. And it is the place that, uh, Sayyidina Adam went to worship Allah Ta'ala. It is the place that, that uh, uh, you know, has all this importance and it makes sense that Sayyidina Ibrahim would go there and reconsecrate it and he is the forefather of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi through his first son and he is, the, the Rasul Sallallahu is the heir of Sayyidina Ibrahim's tradition and has a higher claim to, the, to, to that mirath, to that, to that legacy than, than, than other than him. Walla نُفَرِّقُ Bayna without sliding the maqam of any of the other prophets but Rasulullah Sallallahu is his legitimate heir and uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, a bunch of people in Europe have to admit, okay, wow, maybe you know, dark-skinned people have something that we don't, <laughs> we, need, we should sit, you know, sit on the floor and learn something from them. You know, you don't want to, you don't have to, if you want to, go, go you know, go for it. But uh, and it's really, it's Subhanallah, ladeem. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. I, I sat in the presentation, Dr. Bilal Ware from from De- Detroit. He brought he brought out the he brought brought out the hadith man Sayyidina the uh, uh, you know Sayyidina Musa he was uh, uh, Adam Shadirul uduma he was he was you know he was you know chocolate colored he, he would have if he came to America he would have been called a black man and uh, the prophets all of them are descri- many of them I shouldn't say all of them but many of them are described as being such and he said about uh, uh, he says more than half of the stories of the Quran they take place on the African continent anyway. Uh, so خير. anyway, coming back to the coming back to the issue is that that uh, these things are all problematic. But Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi sallam is talking about what the Diyar al thamud which are uh, uh, it's the the the, inhabita- the 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 place of habitation of uh, of the ancient Arabs, the Arab al-Ba'ida, the people who the original inhabitants of the Arabian Peninsula were who have gone extinct. Allah ta'ala destroyed all of them, uh, and those are like a, a former. A former uh, uh, type of human being that no longer exists. Uh, there are people of long life, and there are people of sharper wits than we. Because this is the thing, modernism. We think that like everything good is in the future, dude. Like people, you know, kids sit indoors. They don't, indoors. They don't play outside. They all have to wear glasses to read. Uh, uh, you know, and natural selection isn't doing anything for anyone because everyone sits on the on the couch and things like that. The humans, the human species, is not going somewhere good. Even though this is our aqidah that modernism teaches us that we're all gonna, you know, one day be up in space with Captain Picard and like transporting everywhere and take over the universe and live some Star Trek utopia. The fact of the matter is, it's gonna be dystopia. It's gonna be more like The Matrix and less like Star Trek. Uh, it's gonna be really messed up. Uh, and you know, not on my watch. Inshallah, as long as, as long as I'm in my my home, Inshallah, Allah Taala will keep Iman in it. And as long as every one of us are in our homes and we say la ilaha illallah and, and, and that's the way we, we run things, our homes will have iman in them. But a day will come that you know, a group of people will be left behind that don't, that don't hold the fort. Uh, uh, but at any rate, the, the thamud, they're, they're this prototypical ancient human being. And in those days, the barakah of, 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 of the of physical things in the earth was much greater. You can imagine there are still places that human beings haven't gone, like literally, animals will come up to you, you can just grab it and, and, and slaughter it and eat it. There are fruit growing wild everywhere, things like this. These people enjoyed the barakat of the dunya, everything was natural, everything was fresh. Imagine, can you imagine this? What was your name again, brother? Farhan. Farhan, right? Can you imagine? Everything you eat is organic and there's no whole foods. It's all free. It's amazing, right? It's hard to picture, but that's what it is, right? That you eat an apple and it smells wonderful And it tastes wonderful and whatever And we don't even know, we eat these fruits and vegetables We don't even know if it tastes like what, what they're supposed to taste like uh, um, Everything has become so degenerate and degraded now The soil, everything is wasted The dunya is on its last legs now Even though we have these long hopes for it That somehow it's going to morph into something so beautiful That, that time is over It's on its last legs now And that's one of the beauties of Rasulullah ﷺ Is he is, the last, he is the last prototype of that ancient man the way his mind works, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The way his senses work, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The way he slept, the way he ate—everything was like a perfect balance of progress in, in in technology and in knowledge and understanding the world, and et cetera. All those things, logic, reason. Before those things started making everything go wrong, before you know, keeping it real started going wrong with human beings, right? That he is like the, the perfection of of a human being. So Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he passes by. Uh, uh, with the sahaba of Allah anhum when they go out in the path of Allah Taala, right? They went out in the path of Allah Taala. Maybe we should too, right? Leave your home and go do something good. You know, there's a hurricane or something. Go take water bottles to, like, you know, senior citizens. You go do something for the sake of Allah Taala. So they all went out in the path of Allah Taala, and uh, 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 they passed the Diyar of Thamud. They're still there. You, I mean, you can see them. They exist. They're older than Petra. Uh, uh, and they have the Thamudic script. Is there? You can read it. It's older than Phoenician, right? Uh, um, and he said, "Sallallahu alaihi wasallam." He said, "Don't enter in into the the, the, the houses of these sinners. I mean, the stone hewn houses out of the side, out of the, out of the side the sides of the mountains." He says, "Don't enter into the houses of the of these sinners except for in a state of of weeping. Meaning when you come, if it's just like completely out of intellectual curiosity or whatever." The, the curse that he feared, you know he had a fear about that curse that the way you protect yourself from it is what is by by feeling in your heart that the reason I'm visiting these people is to take a lesson from them uh, not a lesson in archaeology a lesson in 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 in, in uh, uh, you know in, in what's profitable in a man's existence or a human being's existence and what's not and he says don't enter on these sinners until you unless you're crying because if you're not crying and if you just go and say, Oh, this is cool, let me see. And I, I want to, I'm just making a study of the way the columns are. And, this, and you missed the point. Um, he says that uh, uh, if you don't enter uh, 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 upon them crying, I fear for you that, that, that what struck them will stri- strike you, which is the adab of Allah Ta'ala, that you'll earn the adab of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. And in a different narration, uh, it said that when the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam passed Hijr, he said, don't enter uh, uh, on the dwellings of those who transgress their own souls uh, um, out of fear that what struck them should struck, strike you, except for in a state of crying. And then what did he do, sallallahu alayhi Wasallam? He took his, his shawl and he, he covered his head with it. Uh, meaning he cloaked himself. And, and, uh, and then he, he uh, uh, ordered his, his, his riding beast to sp- speed up and he went through it. And this is one of the things like in Hajj, right, when you cross the boundary from, from uh, Muzdalifah the Mina, it's uh, a stone's throw uh, of, of, of land called uh, the al Muhassar or al Muhassar, uh, 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 which is the place where the, the army of Abraha, the Ethiopian army of Abraha uh, um, was destroyed. Remember this by the way, right? Uh, um, the Ethiopian Army conquered the Arabian Peninsula, and they colonized it. This is another interesting point that makes a lot of sense that Dr. Bilal brought up in the in, in, in the the talk of his that i I, I visited the historical talk um, that I, I I listened to from him makes a lot of sense, but never thought of it before he has why are, why are there Abyssinian slaves in the Arabian peninsula The, the Arabs never conquered Abyssinia and so the The historical reason for that is that the Abyssinians actually conquered the Arabian Peninsula and they set up like a, like colonies over there and so when the Arabs rebelled and took their land back, um, the weak and the 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 poor women people who couldn 't make it back to africa uh, um, they, they enslaved them otherwise those were also noble people uh They were the sons of like generals and soldiers and, and administrators and things like that. Uh, so they call, call it colonized Africa, uh, but at any rate, uh, um, the Batnul Mahasar is the is the is the uh, that stone throw between muzdalifah and Mina, that the, the army of Abraha that had this elephant that was dispatched to go and destroy the Kaaba, uh, it was destroyed, and so it comes in the the the, the 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 books of Fiqh that there are three right Hajj is a Hajj is a a, a journey of sevens and threes, okay, so there are three places where you're supposed to walk fast. One of them is the Batul al-Muhassar, you know from the context of the, the thing, the, the hadith. Um, why? Because that's where the adab of Allah came down. So Rasulullah wasallam. What, what did he do? He cloaked himself. Obviously, wearing a cloak or putting a cloth over your head, uh, putting a shawl over your head, it's not going to like do anything if a rock comes down. But what, what, what was it? His fear of Allah Ta'ala. His fear of Allah Ta'ala... And the fear is what it's like a type of shame, not because he did anything, sallallahu Alayhi sallam, but because he doesn't want to be associated with what happened over there. So nothing is hidden from the the Lord Most High. But he cloaked himself in order to like you know it's like yeah, I don't know I don't know these people like you know he, out of fear he cloaked himself and he just uh, 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 hit his uh, 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 riding beast so they can get out of there as fast as possible and so it's a sunnah to go through there and the other two are what it's the first three circuits of the tawaf al-qudum when you arrive in in Mukarramah and the ma'ben al-milayn al the two green markers in the lowest, lower part of, of sa'i but uh, 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 you know this is something I mean, we have to we need to keep the memory of this and obviously you know we live in a land where uh, thamud didn't live and there was no army of abraha here destroyed but stuff must have happened. Some of the things, maybe we might know about. Some of them we don't. But when you see when you see a, a place where there's ibhar of the 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 ma'asiyah of Allah, Ta'ala, where there's a, 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 you know a showing of the uh, of the uh, an openness and a shamelessness about the disobedience of the Lord Jalla Allah, you should you know you should feel the same fear. It's not like, the mood level of fear an odd level of fear, but you should feel some fear. Uh, you know, you should pass by a place, people are, people are drinking, you pass by a place, people are, are commit zina in that place, you pass by a place, uh, you know, people, people are heedless of Allah ta'ala's remembrance, the, the bank where people transact in riba. Worse than that, the places of shirk. Uh, you, you pass by, you read dua, you say, you say your shahada again, and ask Allah Ta'ala for protection and go by that place because it's not a, go that, by that place quickly because it's not a place of barakah. And there are times for people to enter those places as well. You know, if someone they ask you to come and talk about the deen, okay, then you should send one of the ulama to go to the church. Not one of the uncles who's gonna like, you know, just try to say everything to make everybody happy. You send one of the ulama to go, go to the chur- you know, church and tell them about Islam. You know, you just t- trust in Allah Ta'ala and make your du'as for protection that whatever you need, shaitaniya comes from, from the shirk of, shirk of partners with Allah Ta'ala, He protect you from it, right? There's a, 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 a legendary dablihi known as Colonel Saab. And Colonel Saab was indeed a legend. And he's gone in with his like his crew. He had his, like, his crew with him, right? And he, they would do that. They would hear there's some Muslim at a, a club or a bar getting drunk. And they'd walk into the thing and uh, like weird like strip clubs and stuff like that Like very awkward like even to mention it right And they would just walk right in Colonel Saab would just like look at the guy And the person would like be paralyzed with fear And he's like let's go And they would just grab the Muslim guy and like leave And like one or two strippers would like take shahada on the way out Honest to God Right see, you see those women are like wearing niqab to this day uh, 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 Like type stories right but That's one of those children don't try this at home <laughs> That's not for everybody That's exception What is the rule? The rule is this, is that, that wherever the ma'asiyah of Allah Ta'ala is, a person should have fear of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. A person should fear entering into that place. A person should fear being seen into that place. If you have to go to that place, take your, you know, nobody, nobody has a cloak anymore. Take your cloak out and re- cover your head. Make hijab from that place, even if you're not a woman. Make hijab from that place. Why? so that you don't see what's going on there, they don't see what's going on with you, you're disassociating with yourself when the, the, the whatever YouTube video is being replayed on Yom al in front of everybody, it doesn't look bad that like you know, you're, you, that, that someone could even see and think that you're one of them. You're not, we're not one of them, they're not one of us, we have nothing to do with this. You just do your thing that you have to do. It happens sometimes, you have to stay in a hotel because you don't know anyone in a city. Even though that hotel is a place where people come at Zina and do all kinds of weird things, Right? Uh, it happens that sometimes you you know if you're in a place I've this has happened to me before that that you're traveling in a place the only place that there that any food is served is in a bar, right? Uh, 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 I'm okay. Then that we'll protect the names you know just out of the 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 uh, what you call the uh, um, the right to privacy that people have. But one of my mashallah very learned and wonderful Molana friends and myself. And uh, 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 an, a, a halal advocate uh, 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 guy. The three of us, we're in, we're in, we're in like Fresno, California, which even the halal restaurants aren't as halal as they claim to be. And uh, um, you know, we needed to eat something in three three a.m. Even machine slaughter is like out of business, right? So we arrived very late, uh, uh, and uh, um, there's nothing to eat, and nobody, nobody's hosting us because it seems like those days are over now. Uh, so so I looked through my phone and I found there's like a vegan joint. Okay? And so we're like, and it's open. It's open like the whole night. We call them. They're open. You know, will you be open in 10 minutes? Yeah, yeah, we'll be open for like another two, three hours, right? So it's like 1 a.m. or some midnight or something like that. So we go over there. It's a club. Okay? It's a club. It's not like, you know, like Euro-techno, fashionable, sleek-looking, chic-looking club. These are, like, big, like, biker-looking dudes. And, like, I don't even want to describe the women. And, like, this is, like, just, like, this is a real crazy club. Now, those of you who are present in Darson and have met me before know that I'm a crazy-looking dude myself. <laughs> and when I put on the turban and everything and the beard, it amplifies the craziness, like, even more. And so, uh, and the other Mulana Sabu who's with me, uh, he, mashallah, he's, you know... He lives in California and he's on the flag Have you, Anyone seen the, 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 flag, the big brown bear, right? So he's a big guy too, right? So, and then, and then this other halal advocates guy Who's a patan. So that kind of trumps everything, right? So I'm like, dude, what are these guys going to do? You know, just, you know Read your ayatul kursi say la ilaha illallah Go in, get your vegan food And like get the heck out of there, right? <laughs> so, Malana Saab's like, man I'm not going in there I don't need to eat anything tonight I'm staying outside, so I go to my Patan friend. I'm like, "God, let's just go in there. We'll order. Let let and Saab hang out outside. We'll just order, and then we'll, we'll come back. Barak Allah uh, fikum. Inshallah. The kids, you can have it too afterward. Um, so what, what, what happens is the two of us go inside and order all sorts of weirdness, tattoos, metal sticking out of all kinds of different places, and like the dudes are real big. And the funny thing is that, to make it even more awkward, all the men are completely avoiding eye contact with us uh, uh, and scurrying out of the way and the women are all uh, saying, hello, okay, yeah, how how are you doing too? Excuse me, we're trying to get some vegan food here. (laughs) So we go and the woman, we make the order and she's like, yeah, it's going to take about 20 minutes though. We make everything from scratch. I'm like, oh my goodness. And there's a concert, there's like a band live music playing and everything is so loud and, and I'm like, okay, you know, we'll be back in 20 minutes. We go outside. So what happened is that Molana Sabi is like super taqwa guy, right? And he's staying outside and me and the the Pathan brother, we go in and we, you know, we get in and we get out. The Molana Sabi, this happens people, the higher your maqam is with Allah, the more he Allah Ta'a tests you. So he's out there and some like drunk, uh, good old boys come up to him and they're like, they're, he, they're like, what are you trying to prove by coming here? And he's like, Dude, I ain't trying to prove nothing, man. My boys are just inside getting some vegan food because uh, we don't, you know, we're, you know that's, that's, that's what we want to eat right now. And they're like, oh, okay. No, I'm not trying to start a fight with you or nothing, but, you know, uh, you know I know you guys, are, you guys are Muslims and, like, you know, you want to, like, you know, show everybody you're Muslim and stuff. I was just wondering what you're trying to prove. And so he's, he's trying to talk. And when you're trying to talk to a drunk person, you're not going to talk sense to him because he's <laughs> drunk. Right? That's why alcohols are on. It makes even a smart person into a stupid person. It makes a stupid person much more interesting. <laughs> so so we, go, <laughs> we go outside, and then that dude is trying to have a conversation with the other molvi He sees us, and he's just like, he's like, yeah, yeah, okay, nice talking to you. He just go, go. and then the head bouncer comes out because he sees us, and he's like, you know, he's like, you know, he's just ha- he, he's having a conversation with us because he just doesn't want no trouble. Right? And honestly, inside, I'm like, Oh my God! Like I'm like a, I'm scared to death inside because these are like crazy people. They're drunk. There's these big, big guys. That look like you know, that like the two of them could pick up a pickup truck. Looking dudes, and but the, you know, you you know you got to stay cool. You they show respect. We got the order to go. The 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 strangest thing of the entire experience. The strangest thing, when we're leaving, we have the food in hand. We're like me and Abdul. Me and the brother are like. Was <laughs> booze cover. Me and the brother, he, uh, uh, you know, we're like, Alhamdulillah. You know, we got through this. Nobody tried to shatter a beer bottle and like stick us with it. You know, we didn't have to shatter a beer bottle, stick them with it. This whole thing went down all right. You know, like we're we're, uh, you know, we, we made it. alhamdulillah. right? And we're scared because again, it's a scary situation, right? And like you, all these things, you know, the disobedience of Allah is happening. All these things are happening, and we're just alhamdulillah, we made it. Right at, that, right at that minute, the concert, the, the, sorry, the live music had just finished maybe like five minutes before that, right? And people are streaming out the doors. Right before we leave, uh, out of one of the doors from the, from the stage, a uh, sister in hijab comes out. <laughs> and she just like nonchalantly walks away. <laughs> and I'm like, man, let's just get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, so you might have to go to one of these places at some point in your life, Right. Uh, If you do, there's a sunnah for doing it, which is get in and out as fast as you can and cover yourself. And like, God help us and God help that sister as well.